Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into trials. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories, so sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. We have our passports ready. We have our tickets ready and everything that comes with it. And we are now venturing into their city to hear their stories of triumphs. Uh, uh, I mean, struggles turned into triumphs here on Russell City. And, of course, we cannot go any further because in his contract now, uh, for some reason, <laughs> now states that not only do we have to pay him, but we cannot even go on and talk about the episode without introducing him first because he sees himself as priority. I'm talking about the law, Ray Ramundo. Hi, law. How are you? Uh, doing just fine. Doing just fine. And see, you need me because you can't even do the intro properly on your, on your own. Well, according to, uh, to behind the scenes, our, our um, COO, uh, of course, Lorraine, decided, hey, uh, the ratings have been going up so high since the law has joined the team that they decided to make you a permanent part of the team. Not that I'm happy about it, but welcome to the team, law. Thank you, thank you. Though I heard you wanted me suspended, but I'm still here. <laughs> well, yeah, it, listen, law, anything I could do to get you away, I'll do. Okay, so trust me when I say... You and I might be able to conduct a very good show, entertaining show for our listeners, but if I, if I had a choice to get rid of you, I will. Now, guys, here on Russell City Radio, we have some great topics to talk about, all hate aside, law. Uh, you know, we are going to be talking about a very, very, uh, how can I put this, unexpected situation at New Japan today. I, I know you had some opinions about this off the air law, but I'm talking about evil defeating the New Japan world champion. I'm talking about Okada. Okada finally suffering a loss after his sixth match uh, streak where finally Okada lost and to none other than evil um, beating him during the G1 Climax tournament. Uh, but aside from that, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about SummerSlam. Uh, for you Bailey fans, as you don't know, uh, Bailey has uh, been announced that she has been pulled out of SummerSlam due to a separated shoulder. But on top of that, now there's a fear of Scott Dawson might not be able to make it to, uh, to SummerSlam either because of a torn bicep. So what does this have to do with SummerSlam? We'll be talking about those two topics here today. Uh, Law, I picked the first topic last week. I'll let you pick uh, the topic this week. 
But also, guys, we cannot also forget, we're going to have special guests here on the show with none other than former OVW Women's Champion, Maddie Max will be here on the show, which we'll be very honored to have as well. Uh, current VOW Women's Champion, uh, and but former OVW Women's Champion, Maddie Max uh, will be here. Uh, from what I hear, she is uh, making some big, big waves uh, ever since she first started in the business. She started off as a volleyball player and went into pro wrestling. So we'll definitely talk up to her about her transition there. So, uh, Ray, where do you want to start off? Um, I would say let's go to New Japan and start off with Evil with the triumphant win tonight. All right. So let's go ahead and talk Evil beating Okada. Now, guys, a lot of – and this is what I explained to you, uh, Ray, when we first brought this up off the air. When – basically, when Evil defeated Okada, I wasn't – trying to say it was unexpected for the people who knew that what was coming because evil. Yes, you were right. They're pushing evil to the moon in new Japan, mm-hmm. but for the fans, I'm talking about for those, uh, what are those labels that people give rest, uh, fans Mark. nowadays? Uh, Marks, Marks, um, uh, know-it-alls, et cetera, et cetera. All of them were basically labeling saying that the people that should have beaten Okada was either Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, or for Christ's sake, I even heard Shibata being thrown around. Uh, You know, I've heard so many. I've heard Tanahashi being thrown around as well. Of course, Tanahashi, because Tanahashi is the New Japan John. People are the ones that should have beaten Okada. But Mm. little did we expect during the G1 Climax Tournament that Okada was beaten by none other than Evil. So, to me, I love the fact that they did it because they brought that shock factor. Like, I keep on mentioning that those two words here on this show. They brought that shock factor to say, oh my God, he just defeated the undefeatable. Especially after the one-hour classic with Kenny Omega, with the back-and-forth classic with Cody Rhodes, and, and, and so, and the stiff fight with Shibata, Evil was finally able to triumphant. So, to me, I'm a fan of that shock factor. I'm not going to disagree with it. Was I shocked? Yes. But do I do I hate it? No. What, what's your mm-hmm. take on it, Ray? Well, to me, I liked it. Was it shocking? Mm, not quite. But again, I look into it as a booker instead of just looking at it as a fan. Most fans are like, okay, someone that's been losing gets a win over the undefeated champion. To me, the writing was on the wall. So you really think the writing was on the wall when it came to evil beating, beating Okada? Like, what writing did you see? Because clearly, I did not see this. <laughs> if you saw his match with Tamatanga, it's kind of there. They're pushing evil to now be a dominant force. Because NATO can't do it alone. Okay, yeah. Well, Evil, again, is one of the strongest members of his faction. And by, you know, by all means, I've never doubted the guy's, you know, talent. Even before he downed the Evil look, he was a great talent even before that. You know, I mm-hmm. never would I doubt Watanabe it. Watanabe wasn't the best talent. 
It's not large, George. Wanchanobi wasn't the best talent. No, listen, he was pretty good, okay? But the the fact is, is, is this. Uh, shut up, okay? I'm trying to give some credit where credit's due here. <laughs> no, let's be realistic. Let's keep it real. Uh, uh, dude, I am never going to downplay the guys. The, the, the fact is, no one's good until, you know, just from one day to the next. You can't say uh, CM Punk was best in the world from day one. You know, so... Uh, he, yeah, true. You know, you, you cannot just say that. Like, he was not the best from day one. From day one that you stepped into those ropes, you cannot say that you were the best because obviously you're probably still green when you walk in through those ropes. But well, of course. what I'm but what I'm saying is he was good for what it was worth before he ever donned the evil persona. You know, he tried. He was a good at what he did. Like, hey, CM Punk is labeled good for even getting into the octagon, even though he's not that much of good of a fighter. But they said that he was good because he accomplished his dream. Same thing for evil. But basically, evil was just... Now, here's my question. Okay, let me swerve this into a different route here, Ray. Now with evil beating Okada, do you feel like this is going to set up for a title match between Okada and evil? Mm, Knowing Japan, probably not, Saba. Because the same thing happened with Foley a while back, Foley dominating Okada, and it led to nothing. Well, you're talking about bad luck Foley, right? The the one that uh, uh, killed poor Daryl? <laughs> he had it coming. Uh, no, he did not have that coming. Okay, that poor stuff, that poor cat, okay? As a matter of fact, if you haven't noticed, there's a picture going around on social media where Daryl is in the middle of recovery and there's a bunch of Barbie nurses taking care of it. So could we see the return of Daryl soon? Hopefully. Mm, that'd be interesting. He's the one that caught yeah. the title match. <laughs> it's going to be Terminator Daryl. <laughs> can, can you imagine a giant Daryl coming out on Russell Kingdom? Like a giant Daryl. Coming down the aisle just to distract the situation. <laughs> can, can you imagine that? Can, picture it. I could only imagine our listeners out there right now listening are like, oh, my God, a giant Daryl. Please no. Hey, it's wrestling. We've seen Weeder. We saw the gobbledygooker once. <laughs> oh, God, the turkey. Uh, good old uh, 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 Hector uh, Guerrero. God. Yeah, it was Hector Guerrero. Oh my God! But I hope they paid him well for that. But basically, um, another thing I wanted to to touch on this basically. So you're saying that Evil will probably not get a title shot. I feel like he deserves one after beating Okada, especially in his six match winning streak ending during the G1 climax. Uh, and and one person that's basically standing out in that tournament, Ray, is Juice Robinson. Like, literally, every single time you talk about the G1 Climax, the one person they're talking about the most this year is Juice Robinson. Yeah, Juice so, has definitely done some great yeah. things. Yeah, it, it, it makes you wonder, like, what like, what happened after he was let go from the WWE? Like, what was injected into him after he was let go? 
because oh, a lot of people don't say that, George. You're gonna think Juice, of course, because it's Juice Robinson. He's on the no, juice. not in that. No, no, not in that <laughs> way. Don't don't jump the gun on that. Okay, I didn't mean it that way, Tampogo. Okay, uh, <laughs> don't don't say be... gun because last week we already had a problem with saying gun. You thought well, BT yeah. gun was Bart gun. God, why did you have to bring that up? BT stands because for of... Bart. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jesus, man, you you have to bring up my bloopers from last week. For by the way, guys, for everyone that that's tuning in, for some apparent reason, you know, every time we log off on this show, there's some behind the scenes keeping us, you know, on the air, listening to an off-air conversation between Raymond Mundo and myself. Yep, someone keeps recording this. Not good. Not good. Uh, uh, so going on to business, as we should say, uh, you know, so we talked about Juice Robinson. We talked about Okada and Evil. Uh, we've obviously even talked about a little bit about Daryl. Uh, you know, one another thing that's also standing out here in the world of professional wrestling is GFW apparently in Staten Island only made about 20 people in their, in their seats. And, Ray, you're very uh, a native of New York. Can you give us any confirmation on this? Uh, I don't think 20. I've, I saw some pics because a few friends of mine actually worked the shows. They had a decent crowd. First night of 200, 300 people. Next night, I think it was maybe 220. Wasn't that bad of a crowd? Well, because what I read, yeah, the, the reason I'm saying this is because apparently um, they were going around putting out notices that GFW was hurting really badly during their tour in Staten Island, which, uh, from what I understand, was in a baseball field, right? Uh, yeah, the, the, first, the second night was in a baseball field, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's like that's what I heard. And that's what I read. And mind you, it is on social media, so I'm not just talking, taking this out of right field, no pun intended. So, it, <laughs> yeah, but sadly, with social media, a lot of stuff you have to take with a grain of salt because yeah, not everything is true, and especially with this company, just anything is being looked at to be able to bring down Global Force. But it was a good show. No, I had some uh, friends of mine actually work the show because I am friends with. LAX or EYFBO to keep it kayfabe, I guess. <laughs> and well, it was a great show. Well, mind you, I have nothing against GFW. As a matter of fact, uh, our first guest ever here on Russell City Radio when we were known as Reality Check, but our first ever guest when we kind of resurrected was the is a current LAX member known as Diamante uh, Angel Rose. Uh, is in there, so I highly support her and her career in GFW. And on top of that, a lot of people even would say that GFW has really, really changed when it comes to their product, uh, comparing to when it was under TNA and under the Carters. So do you uh, see definitely, because any- they have like a, they've risen with new talent of all the guys they're signing, loving right. how they've signed a lot of New Yorkers. So it's like okay, it's a win yeah, for Bala- us. <laughs> Falabala is there. Uh, Mario Bocara, uh, LAX is a completely brand new team. Loki is back. Uh, you know, Alberto El Patron. 
uh, now we now found out that Taya Valkyrie and Johnny Mundo are going to be making their GFW debut soon. And also the Chris brothers will be uh, debuting soon on GFW, which by the way, Oh yeah. I gotta have, love them. Yeah. If you have not seen the Chris brothers, definitely look them up. They are a phenomenal, phenomenal tag team of brothers. And even during singles competition, uh, Dave Chris is one of the by far best in-ring talents I've ever seen. And hopefully we have him here soon on uh, Russell City Radio, I, I hope. Maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like that? Well, I could talk to them <laughs> if you want. I have well, a connection my... to the Chris Brothers, and I have their trainer, Sammy Callahan. <laughs> uh, uh, well, and you're over there just staying quiet and saying, hey, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, but, hey, who cares, right? Because your name is the law, Ray Ramundo, and you just don't say anything. No pun. Uh, <clears throat> No, no, no talking at all, Mr. Ray Ramundo. No communication. Oh, you want to cheat? You're gonna shoot on me, George? You're gonna shoot on me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I'm right keep now. my mouth shut. <laughs> Listen, don't be shooting. Don't be sh- so anywho, <laughs> guys. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I think it's about time to reach out to our special <laughs> guest. Don't you think, Ray? <laughs> Yeah, because this is gonna turn horrible in a minute. Uh, uh, I said, what we not, this is gonna turn into a shoot right now." So let's get to our guest. All righty. Oh, good. Let's go ahead and reach out to, of course, Maddie Max. Hello, Ms. Max? Hello? Hello, Ms. Max. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good, Ms. Max. Uh, this is uh, George and the Law Ray Ramundo from Russell City Radio. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? We're doing great. We're here fantastic, kind of like melting in the sun of Florida. And, and right now, my co-host, Ray Ramundo, is uh, on vacation up in New York, but he's being rained on. So technically, we're Almost like the best of both worlds when it comes to weather. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just. <laughs> oh, what kind of what what kind of weather are you putting up with? Cold, hot, or rainy? Rainy. Ah, so okay, so you're getting uh, what Ray Ramundo's getting. joining us. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that you're joining uh, Ray Ramundo because he's getting rained on in New York. Oh, twins. Yeah. Well, Ms. Max, first and foremost, uh, you know, all jokes aside, I want to say thank you very much for your time. I, I know you're you're constantly training, constantly making sure you're preparing for your next match, your next booking. And, and I just thank you very much for sharing your time with us here today. Thanks for having me. It's always our pleasure, Ms. Max, uh, especially with someone so young in the business like you. Uh, you've been in the business for like about, what, uh, three, four years now? Uh, Two. So... Oh, two? It's been about two years still? Yeah. I started at 17 and I'm 19, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, try, I'm trying to, uh, obviously mathematics is not my best skill here, and you just proved it. <laughs> so, so well, with that being said, Ms. Max, now with, of course, you sharing your age, and I appreciate that that's a lot of personal information that you just shared. Thank you. Uh, basically, uh, you know, being 19, a lot of people actually consider that, being the age of 
hey, let's go out to party, let's go out to this, let's go do this, let's go out, things of that nature. A lot of peer pressure is, is bounded with such a young age, but you, on the other hand, already have held the OVW women's title. You trained in the OVW dojo, which is, used to be WWE territory. You're the current VOW women's champion. So you're taking more dedication to your pro wrestling life than uh, let's continue to call it the peer pressure. So let's, uh, how do you balance that, uh, Ms. Max? It's definitely hard considering I am a full-time college student at the same time as a wrestler. So I'm constantly surrounded by all my friends. They all want to go out. They all want to do this. But every time they want to go out, it's like a Friday or Saturday. And that's when I wrestle. So I rarely, rarely go out. Yeah, I, I would imagine because that because obviously Sunday always leads to Monday. Monday they would consider it a, a, a work day per se. So Sunday was always yeah. off lit was always off limits when it came to, hey, let's go out unless it was during the day. Oh, God, I, re- I, I miss my youth. But, <laughs> but, you know, Friday and Saturday, you're right, it was always being looked at as far as the, hey, let's go out and party or do this and do that. Yeah. And, and, and being the college student that you are, Ms. Max, uh, like, has any of these types, like, have you had to sacrifice anything for your wrestling career when it came to that? Because I've when I first got into journalism and when I even first got into wrestling myself, you know, there was always that one friend or two that would say, Oh, if you don't hang out with us, then you're not a a friend. Like, did you ever felt that pressure too? Like during that time, during your wrestling career? Kind of because I'm going to be a sophomore. So my freshman year of college, I especially felt it. I was in a completely new state. I knew absolutely no one and I was always wrestling. So I never was able to go out and meet more people. And so my roommate was always oh, wow. going out, and he would always have all these friends. And then all my friends would be wrestling friends. They would always be older. So we were just on two completely different levels. So for sacrificing, I feel like I sacrificed a lot of my social life the first year. Oh, wow. And, yeah. But, I mean, peer pressure is everywhere, so just got to. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the Feel- truth? <laughs> And, and with that being said, Ms. Max, uh, you no, know, you're you're up, absolutely correct. There is peer pressure everywhere you go, even if it's not in the wrestling business. Once you close the door, there's more peer pressure on the other side of the door. Uh, but yeah. you're, abs- you're, you're absolutely right. But mind you, you also started off as a volleyball player before you ever became a pro wrestler, correct? I was a soccer player. Oh, you were a soccer player. Okay. So I'm five feet there- tall. I can't play volleyball. <laughs> Well, ah, oh, but I've seen some great. Pe- hey, let me tell you something about size, Miss Max. It, it doesn't matter how t- tall or, or you know you are. It's about the bark. It, it's like the size of the bark, and it's not the size of the dog. It's the 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 uh, uh, uh you know what the quote I'm trying to bring up here. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so by all means, five feet means nothing. Look at Rey Mysterio, the guy freaking former heavyweight champion. And he was like about five feet and some change. So it's it, size has nothing to do with anything. But basically, what I'm trying to to point out is soccer to pro wrestling. It was a two different, completely two different monsters, including the the training aspect of it, Ms. Max. Uh, how was the transition working from soccer to to pro wrestling? Um, 
Well, I had a lot of cardio from soccer, so, like, that part of wrestling was fine. Oh. But the actual, like, physical part of wrestling, I mean, yeah, soccer gets physical, but it's not the whole time. Like, during the whole match, you're completely physical, you're completely physical, and you're completely out of breath most of the time because you're moving and moving and moving, and that's where the training really, really differed there. I mean... In fact, yeah, we do fitness and whatnot, but wrestling, like, the whole time, it's just, like, move, move, move. Hit, 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 move, move, move. And especially <laughs> with kicking, because I have a strong right foot, so I had to really, really train it in order to wrestle. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so so kind of like the right foot, the the right leg, I'm sorry, the right leg, came with you from soccer to pro wrestling. Did, did you ever have a situation where, like, during training, per se, uh, that that right leg, uh, like, slipped and, and you kind of got nervous or scared from there? Or, like, how did you go about with that? Um, I was very, very weak with it because I didn't have uh, to act, like, actually, like, kill somebody. But <laughs> that's – I was getting in trouble for that, though. So, I mean – I'll tell people, I'm like, it might hurt, but sorry. <laughs> well, it's not, like Kevin Cross was here on the show not too long ago. Uh, I think, what, Ray, it was like a two, three weeks ago? Uh, yep, two weeks ago. Yeah, like, and mind you, Kevin Killer Cross is one of the most stiffest guys you see in the ring, and he kept on talking about how important it is to make wrestling believable. So yeah. if that helped in any way, I'm talking about your right leg and your kick, by, by all means, uh, I, I say do it. Just come. It, it's, a lot of people tend to mistake pro wrestling for ballet. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's the saying that we had. Wrestling is not ballet. Yeah. So, and, and being a woman, uh, Ms. Max, uh, let, let's clear the, the air to the listeners who think, oh, just because you're a girl, they probably are taking it more easy on you, or even for men and female, oh, you're landing on a ring, or all those hits are not, they're not real. Yeah. This is not ballet, folks. This is not that F word, which I refuse to use. Ms. Max, oh, tell okay, us. I was thinking of which word you were talking about. I, 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 I'm sorry? Think about which word you were talking about. I think about that, but then I figured it out. Yeah, it, I I hate that four letter word because again I used to be a worker and and by yeah. it, it it's it's not that or else I would not be sitting on this chair I would actually be honoring honoring the ring but but the fact is is that tell us about your your part Miss Max tell us about your experience for the people who are listening out there and saying oh she's a girl she's probably getting taken care of more easily tell us how are women being treated now in pro wrestling. Uh, I think women are becoming very, very respectful in pro wrestling just because May Young Classic, all that stuff happening, Women's Revolution, and being a girl in the business and knowing guys and girls, I think girls on girls are rougher, honestly, because girls are just catty sometimes. And then with guys and training and everything, I first started training with only guys and my trainer was so mad at them that they would take it easy on me because I was a girl. So I was really, really roughed up my first year because I was training <laughs> with this guy. And then 
like you said, it's not ballet. I mean, in June, I had my head busted open. So, I mean, guys and girls bleed. Guys and girls get bruises. It's not just a one-way street. I mean, it's rough on both ends. Well, I wanted to ask you, did you get busted the hard way or did you? Hard way. Holy hell. (laughs) Miss Max, I'm going to applaud you. (laughs) Holy hell. Yeah. Got some you, staples put in my head. Holy hell. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Maddie Max might be a pretty face, but goddamn can she take a hit. Holy hell, <laughs> dog. No, because I got busted open one, uh, the hard way once, and when I went to the backstage, uh, it was kind of like one of those moments where I just wanted to be left alone because my head was pounding. <laughs> so... So, and on top of that, I had a broken nose that day. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So, I... I had a the, broken head. <laughs> no, sometimes I wonder if the, the guy that busted me open the hard way did it on purpose. But uh, your first trainer was Josh Gary, right? If, yep. I, if I'm correct. Yeah, so Josh Gary, a, a guy that I believe trained in North Carolina, you, you were with him. He was kind of like... Uh, uh, you know, I believe he's based in North Carolina, right? In the USIWF? Yes. Yeah. 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 So, guy, very, very outspoken, very respectful guy. He He's taken many people under his ring, you being one of them, you know, because uh, you had quoted in, in different interviews that Josh Gary basically was your first mentor, coach, yep. and friend. Yep. So... <laughs> Tell us about Josh Gary. How how was it working with Josh? Well, when I first met him, I was really scared because I was a 17-year-old tiny female, and I showed up, and there were these guys all around. And the first time I met him, he made me take a suplex, and he tried to talk me out of wrestling. But then I said, sorry, I'll see you in two days. And then since then, he has taught me psychology. He has taught me everything in and outside the ring, and even though I don't train under him anymore, I still know, like, if I ever needed any advice or any help or anything, I could just hit him up and he'd always be there, so training with him was definitely, definitely fun. It also was annoying and challenging just because wrestling is, but I'm really, really grateful that I had him because there's a lot of people in this business that think they know this business and they don't, and I'm really, really thankful that at such a young age, I found someone who knows this and wasn't just, like, taking advantage of me or my money. And I definitely got my money for training with him. Well, that's amazing that Josh Gary uh, was able to touch your life, both on a professional and a personal level, in such a great way. But you also went in then, after Josh, you went to train with OVW uh, in Kentucky yeah. with Matt Capatelli. And God bless you, by the way, with you and your, your surgery. Uh, and uh, Rip Rogers. Uh, mind you, uh, but one thing that I've always loved, and you mentioned this uh, just a second ago, that it was a very challenging situation, and and I like to label pro wrestling that it is not meant for everybody. Would you yeah. agree with that? Mm-hmm. There's times where you're just like, I hate this sport so much, and then other times <laughs> you go up with it. And it's just those hard times that you have to get by and just keep pushing that makes or breaks who can make it in this business. Well, Ms. Max, you, you are very inspirational because 
like you just mentioned, sometimes you just want to say, I hate this sport so much. But if they look at all your matches and all your pictures and shoot, even if they follow you on social media with your live video feeds, you are always smiling. <laughs> there's never there's never a mad face on you. Ever. <laughs> like I get in trouble for that though. That will happen. Same soccer. I would always like smile when I was dribbling, my mom would yell at me and then the same thing in a match. Like I'll be getting my butt kicked and I just I'm still smiling. I don't even mean to. I mean it hurts, <laughs> but I'm still smiling. <laughs> Well, mind you, that's an inspiration because it, 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 it helps people push forward. You know, you like it, it on a personal level, Miss Max, you have no idea how far a smile can take the next person or how it could inspire someone else. You know, it, it's kind of like, yeah. hey, I'm in one of the toughest businesses, but I'm still smiling. How do you feel like when you inspire others, Miss Max? What? How do you feel like when you inspire others? Oh, okay. I like it. <laughs> but um, this is like a complicated question that it shouldn't be. Um, I don't know. It makes me feel good because I am inspired by a lot of people. And the fact that someone out there feels the same way about me that I feel about someone that I look up to and I am inspired by is a pretty cool feeling. Especially since I kind of wanted this my whole life and the fact that it's actually happening and people are actually taking notice and they, I don't know, I don't want to say look up to me, but they watch me and notice me. It's really, really cool. Like, who was your inspiration when you first got into the business? Was there any kind of name or uh, or specific worker or manager or, or a personal person that inspired you the most to become who you are today? Well, business-wise, Lita has inspired me over and over and over again. She's the, I tell everyone this who asks, like, she's the reason I started wrestling. It's because I looked up to her so much, and I wanted to be what she was. And then on a personal level, like, closer to me, someone who actually knows who I am, I would say... Um, my family, like my close family, my mom, dad, and brother, are the ones who inspired me the most because um, my grandparents sometimes aren't the most supportive, and my parents understand that, but they've always been like, I don't care what they say, do what you want to do, and that to me has mm-hmm. been always inspiring. So because of that, I mean, okay, sorry, Grandma, but I'm a wrestler. <laughs> I was about to ask you that. Like with you saying your family is your biggest inspiration, has you ever had a situation where a family because it's it, it's a it, they're family. They're gonna say, oh, don't do it, or or watch yourself, or whatever be the case, just because they don't want to see us hurt. You know, God forbid it, if you were in the venue when they saw me with the broken nose, you'll you, you'll probably uh, <laughs> so. But and I could only imagine when they saw you busted open too. So was there ever times like? when your family said, oh, don't do this? Um, not like my close family, like I just said, but my grandparents, yeah. for sure. I mean, I don't want to throw them under the bus, but... No, no, no. <laughs> my, like... um, my grandpa, yeah, both of them are both, like, they just don't understand why I do it, and I think, I mean, they'll support me because I do it, and I'm their grandkid, but they just don't understand why. And my grandma... 
both of them are kind of getting on page with it, but definitely my mom, dad, and brother are 100% there. As a matter of fact, your your dad wasn't it your dad that took you to your first wrestling event, right? That that's basically what got you to say, "Hey, I want to be this." Yep. Yeah. So so basically, like when you were there, when you were at the venue, Ms. Max, and and we'll go back to the OVW because we were talking about OVW, and then we kind of sideway sidetracked into this. When you went into the first show with your father, uh, and you got to the, your seat, and the show started. What exactly was the thing that caught your eye in the ring that said, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. I want to be in that ring and do those same moves. What was it exactly that caught your eye? So the um, I have, like, kind of memory of that whole thing because I was six years old, and that was a kind of a long time ago. But the thing oh, wow. I remember vividly and the thing that made me, like, oh, my God, like, fall out of my seat was Edge and Lita, and that's why I say she's the reason I started wrestling, or, like, the reason I wanted to wrestle. They made their entrance, and then I just, like, I just fell in love with them, and I was like, I want to be her. I want to marry him. I want to do what they do. <laughs> and they're the only two that I remember vividly from that night, and that was 13 years ago. Well, that, wow. So, basically... Let me tell you something. Finally, I get a good response to that question because for some reason, one time I asked another guest and asked them, who was the person that you wanted to be like in the in wrestling? And they, for some reason, said The Undertaker. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> That's That was one of the most random answers I've ever heard. But I can't disagree either because the guy's a legend. You know, me yeah. and Mark Calloway. Me and Mark Calloway. The guy is a freaking legend. You know, if you wanted to be like The Undertaker, be like The Undertaker. But it's just something you didn't expect. Now, going back to OVW, the uh, conversation we were having before, uh, you know, you, again, trained in OVW with Matt. And, of course, uh, now you're being trained by Rip Rogers. But uh, when you were in OVW, basically WWE territory, uh, or was WWE territory, uh, you know, you had some... Got people there like uh, Kenny Boland, uh, there like the uh, again some people that worked for the WWE behind the scenes. How, how was it already kind of like absorbing all that information? Matt again, someone who worked for the WWE. Uh, how was it absorbing all that information? You know, from people who been to the top at such an early age. It was scary and very very stressful. Because I went in there, I knew absolutely nobody. I was living in Kentucky by myself. I had, like, no family around, really no friends around. So going into that with such, like, a notable name and the reputation it had, I had no idea what to expect. And I started Matt's class late, which was a great first impression. So I went in there, and then just Matt's class is, like, the basic class, so learning – the way he trains you is the way WWE was trained you, so learning exactly what they want was fun and stressful because I had to learn a lot of ways I was doing things. And then just hearing him tell stories and just knowing who's talking to you is really big. And then going to Rick Rogers class and just, I had never met Rick in my life. I'd heard stories and stories and stories. And the first thing he ever said to me is, who the freak not freak, you know, named you Madison. I was like, okay, this guy's scary. But then, <laughs> thing, 
and his psychology is over the top. He knows what he's talking about, and he'll tell you straight up if he believes you can do this or not, and having him constantly, constantly in your ear yelling at you, but at the same time teaching you wrestling in a way I'd never been taught before was really, really exciting, but at the same time really scary because you never knew what you were going to get. Well, yeah, like I could only, I, I can't even imagine because the same location that you were wrestling for and even held the women's title for was the same place that launched careers for like Batista and John Cena and Randy Orton yeah. and uh, Damian Sandow. The list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, you know, when it comes to people who have been developed in OVW, well, during and your Rick, ta- during your go ahead. Rick's the one who trained them, so knowing like the same person who taught Randy Orton everything he knows is telling me what I need to know was very was an honor actually. No, I, again, I could only imagine because, like, it, n- no offense to any trainers out there. No, no offense to Mr. Gary. No offense to to uh, trainers here in Florida and et cetera, et cetera. But when you go into a a situation where you're training at the same facility by the same guy who launched the careers of Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista, uh, et cetera, then, you know, that kind of level goes up just a tiny bit higher. And that's where the nerves kick in. And and it's like, oh, my God, am I going to have what he's looking for? And obviously you do because you won the women's championship. So with, with that being said, Ms. Max, during your time there in OVW, was there ever a talk per se of maybe one day seeing OVW going back to working together with the WWE? Because obviously we all know OVW kind of separated when WWE started their FCW here in Florida. Was there ever a talk of OVW possibly being like that second training facility for, for WWE? No, there wasn't, but um, they did have uh, Rebel was there quite a bit, and the Pope's there, so I don't know. They might be in talks with TNA again. I'm not sure. ODB was there, huh? but no like, official, official talk. Hey, well, if, if, by all means, if it is an official talk, maybe we could see you in GFW. Uh, re- right now, Ms. Max, I have to say it's a great time to be a wrestler like yourself because WWE is picking up everyone they can for their new women's division. And GFW is kind of coming back from its resurrection. And, and it clearly looks like they're picking up knockouts. So it's a great time to be who you are today. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's a good time to be a wrestler, especially women's wrestler, no bias, but because there are so many opportunities, being presented, there are so many companies that are only women right now, and they're notable, like Shimmer Shine, all of those, WOW in Los Angeles, and girls are getting respected as wrestlers and not just sex people anymore, so it's a good time. Well, yeah, it's definitely a very, very good time, because I'm a big fan of what they're doing with the women's revolution, personally. You know, it's it's finally time that you women are getting that opportunity that you ladies, you know, work for so hard for, mm-hmm. you know, since practically uh, because, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it's anyone's fault here. They were just going with what the market was going for, 
you know, the market during the time was sadly, you know, the whole model thing and the, uh, the, I, I, I don't even want to really talk about it, but it is what it is, uh, back in the days of the WWF. Um, and we really didn't focus on women's wrestling since the fabulous Moolah days. And now finally, finally women's wrestling is back and it's stronger than ever. Like, yeah. what can you give us an, opi- an opinion about someone who literally has sat through all of that, Ms. Max? You were a fan that started watching Lita through the Attitude Era, you know, yep. all, the way, all the way through to the rebirth of women's wrestling. Now, you being part of it, being part of that revolution. Can you tell us a little bit from your shoes of what you experienced with all this? Well, when I was growing up, like you said, I was watching Lita, Trish Stratus, Toy Wilson, all those girls, and they, most of them were models that were picked up, or they were always having, like, mud fights or lingerie battles and all this stuff, and as a little girl, I was like, "Mm, well, I just want to wrestle, not do that part, and then growing up and realizing that it is changing and that I don't have to worry about, like, promoters wanting me to do mud fights and stuff like that, but that I would actually be wrestling or that girls are being, like I said before, respected for wrestling and not just what who shows the most skin. It's not about that anymore. So with this women's revolution, it is giving way to talent instead of looks, which is big because there's a lot of talent out there. And they're not just focusing on who has, I don't want to say this, but, like, has the best body, like, the best hair. It's who's the best wrestler now, which is really, really big for women in general, not just in wrestling, just in general. No, well, I I have to, you know, agree with you with your opinion, really, because it's not about the best body anymore because, uh, or best hair or, or who has that model look you know, per se, is now about yeah. who is who is a good athlete. Because now, before, yeah, be, because before, uh, during the 1990s, going into the early 2000s, we would only see kind of like, uh, uh, no disrespect to anyone, uh, bikini models being in yep. the ring. Nowadays, you look at the, the product, and now you see, and again, they're all very beautiful. I'm not saying that they're not. But nowadays you see people like Nia Jax in the ring. Now you see people like uh, um, Sage Beckett, who was uh, actually uh, featured by WWE on their WWE.com, saying that she had a disease uh, that made her overweight, and now she's losing weight. Uh, you know, there's so many people. Jesse Carr now uh, being a female referee. There's so much different now compared to what it used yeah. to be. And I'm very happy about it. I'm actually saying, hey, this is not about bikini wrestling. This is wrestling now. This is professional wrestling. Yeah, especially for all the young fans out there. Like, especially the young girls who are seeing wrestling now. They're seeing wrestling and not just seeing like, oh my gosh, that girl's so pretty. I could never be a wrestler, blah, 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 blah. It's more, yeah. I think, inspiring now, too, because it's showing that, like, you want it, go get it. It doesn't matter where you come from, who you know, what you look like. If you can wrestle, wrestle. Yep. And, and mind you, uh, just out of the uh, curiosity, 
uh, Ms. Max, do you still get those one or two fans nowadays that still think of the old times of the uh, of, of of that stuff like back in the day? Yeah, but you're always gonna have that no matter what time it is, no matter uh, where wrestling is at. You're always gonna have those certain people who are just in it for what you look like, what you offer. Uh, t- typical. Uh, and, and, and my, yeah, exactly, Ray. Exactly, typical. Uh, but uh, basically, Miss Max, I, I'm, I, not gonna steal any more questions here from my co-host. He's been literally waiting <laughs> for me to uh, to stop talking to you. I'm, I'm just enjoying my conversation with you here. Uh, and I apologize, Ray. I, I meant to pass the mic to you earlier, but uh, basically, Ray, uh, Miss Maddie Max is all yours. Ms. Max, if I have any other questions after him, I'll ask right after him, okay? Okay. All right. So, Ray, is all yours, man. Thanks, George. Thank you, Ms. Max. It's a a pleasure to speak with you. Usual first question I would like to ask is, what's your reason for getting in the business? What was your take on wrestling? Um, Well, I had no idea what it was until my dad took took me to it. And like I mentioned, just Lita herself is the reason that I wrestle. And then just wrestling as a whole is just so entertaining to me. The entrances, the characters, the matches, every aspect of it just intrigues me, and that's why I love it. Amazing. Interesting, isn't it? Because how you brought it up earlier, the age, it's sad to say I'm about the same age and just starting to train now. So it's like, okay, i got to start working. <laughs> Time to speed up the process. <laughs> Though both of us, I guess, we're looking at Tyler Bate, who's same age, and he's already up there in the E, so I guess we all have to get to work. <laughs> uh, next question would have to be, what is that one match that you've had that made you prove that, okay, this is what I want to do? I always say this, but my match against Sisto was my favorite match that I've ever had, favorite opponent I've ever had, just because he is such such a big star in independent wrestling and she's such an inspiration she is so nice she's so helpful everything i had every question i had she helped answer and during our match she was really really just she was super fun to work with and that's my favorite match i've ever had and one that i will always remember just because she is the biggest wrestler not like size but like name wise that i've wrestled so far and the fact i got to wrestle her almost a year ago, so pretty early in my career, and I still consider that my favorite match. is fun, cool, exciting. Interesting. Who would you say would be that person you still are looking for on the indies at the moment that you would love to face? I, I want to wrestle Taylor Hendricks so badly because she was at OVW. She was – I talked to her before I even had my first match, and she was so helpful about, like, everything that I needed answered. And I watch her constantly, and I try to incorporate things she does into my character because she has a great move set and a great character and a great mind on her. So I would love, love, love to work her anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Mm, interesting. My next would have to definitely be then, what's your goal in wrestling? What's that one company that either Global Force, ROH, WWE, New Japan, that goal do you have for yourself? that you want to make it to? I feel like every wrestler's goal is to make it to WWE, so I sound really cliche, but 
I would love to make it to WWE. But I think for some reason I'm the only one that always says Japan. I'm not saying no to anything. If anybody wants to give me a little holla and wants me to work for them, I will do it. <laughs> Might have to talk to I, a few people over here in New York getting this match booked. Do I, it. I, I, you don't need a license there. <laughs> I, I love the fact that she even said, I, 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 if anyone wants to give me a little holler, I, I love that. Sorry. That, that, was, that was fun to hear. Yeah, again, that's how I'm like, wait, New York? Okay. <laughs> Time to get a book over here. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. I, that was just fun to hear. I, I'm, I, I get impressed by the smallest things. I'm sorry. <laughs> of course, George. Go go on, Ray. I'm so, I, I'm I apologize for interrupting your segment, Ray. Go on. No problem, no problem, George. Okay, Miss Max. My next question has to be with everything happening now with the May Young Classic and everything. What is your take on it? Do you feel that that is is actually something that's inspiring now, young women athletes, to be able to see there is a view on it now on women's wrestling? Yes, I think it is extremely inspiring. Because last year they had the cruiserweight, and the fact that they're giving women the same platform and the same um, support and opportunities as the men is very, very exciting. And then the fact that they're recognizing females from all across the world and they're not just focusing on the United States is inspiring to any wrestler. So it just lets them know it doesn't matter where you're from, who you know, or what you look like, wrestling is on the move right now and on the rise, especially for females. Definitely, because that's what usually I want to ask, because I know a lot of people now have seen, okay, now it's just not about usually the look anymore. Now they're actually looking at what women can do in the ring, mm-hmm. which is a great thing nowadays, because sadly, usually wrestling just became overlooked, but now it's actually everyone has to work for it, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really just... In the end, it's who wants it, who has it, and who's dedicated to it. That's all. That's all. Now, with your career so so young and everything, would you say that you still have that one opponent out there that you're like, okay, this could be my my lead at Trish Stratus rivalry? Um, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I usually like to ask just to see have you gotten that opponent that the fans are like, okay, this is the rivalry we want to continue to see. Um, Why do I feel uh, like yeah. uh, we're we're playing uh, a let's stump the guest and we just stumped? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love to do the hard hitting questions, George. I'm sorry. Those are questions that <laughs> That's like what I the here for. About. Oh God. Uh, okay, I think I'm gonna move on from this one to hopefully get a, another question out. Uh, for my last question, I want to ask you, what do you want to leave the fans? What is that image you want to leave for when they see your career, Miss Max? What is it that you want fans to look at you by? Um. Well, I want them to notice that I am small and that like um, George said earlier it doesn't matter how tall you are because if you are a dog it matters how much you bark <laughs> that little <laughs> thing you're about 
But definitely I want to leave them with the thing that, like, hey, this five-foot-one girl did something. And I want to leave them with, like, an emotional bond, too, because the emotional bond that you have with your fans is the most important, I think. Mm-hmm. So I want that this tiny little girl from North Carolina, a town no one's even heard of, has done something, and she's connected with me and showed me that I can do this because I want to do this, or it doesn't matter how tall you are or how big you are. If you want it and you're passionate about it, you can get it. Of course, the bond is always needed. Just that, just to have that bond there is always great in this business. Well, I'm going to say something for the record. The fact that she said something, and I'll point out to it I'll, I'll, about the whole fan and wrestling there. There's a saying in the professional wrestling world, and I don't like using it myself because, again, I used to be a worker, but damn it, I, I have no choice in this matter. I was marking out when you were me- mentioning the whole fans and wrestling. Don't lose that bond. Like, that, that I was marking out. I am sorry. <laughs> Ray, you can laugh all you want, man, but that was some great words, man. That is fantastic because nowadays sometimes, Ms. Max, and I don't know if you've ever bumped into this situation, um, or or maybe you – hopefully you never do, but uh, I know you've been in the business for two years now. Uh, Nowadays I've seen a lot of wrestlers kind of like not – not bash them, but kind of like uh, disconnect or or insult the the fans for They're being intelligent. yeah. Th- thank you. The, you know for being who they are. Um, yeah. And, and basically, this is about to have that bond with the fans. Yeah, and I'm very, 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 very happy that you mentioned that, Ms. Max. Like, how important is it that? You don't even lose who you were because obviously, Ms. Max, like I know you mentioned that you love smiling, no matter even if you're in pain. But you could, but you could tell when you look up a match, and which I I did look up a few. But when you see your matches, Ms. Max, you could see that you still have the passion of a wrestling fan because that's what drives you to get into that ring every day. How? That's what made anyone who ever, anyone who ever has wrestled was once a fan and that's just something that you have to keep in mind the entire time you're wrestling is the people in the fan or in the stands were once you. Yep. Amen to that one. <laughs> Amen to that. One. <laughs> so I have to ask something I was, I sometimes ask a lot of my guests here, Ms. Max, the fan in you, the, the one that started at six years old when you first went to your first show, you know, and now looking forward, let's, let's play a little bit of a timetable here. The six-year-old girl is somewhere in you right now. The six-year-old girl is in your heart, you know, and obviously she's going to be that fan forever, but now Mm -hmm. you're this professional wrestler. If you had this opportunity to talk to that six-year-old girl and be like, look what I have become, what would you have said to your six-year-old self right now? I would have said, your friends are going to think you're weird for jumping on your matches and trying to wrestle them, but in the end, it's okay because... In 13 years from now, you're going to be a professional wrestler, and you're going to look back and know that you didn't let your childhood dream die and that you didn't just become 
I don't want to say a wannabe, but like you didn't just conform. You didn't change who you are just because no one else you knew was into it. So I would say keep it up, buy your T-shirts, wear your stuff, and keep trying to wrestle your chair because it's going to pay off. I, 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 <laughs> I, 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 like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Ms. Max. I'm not trying to sound like uh, I, I'm just speechless to that because, uh, to be honest with you, I'm like, when you were talking about bouncing on your bed and buying your shirt, like it, it just reminded me of my childhood. I'm I'm 35, turning 36 years old, so I, I'm basically I'm an old fart compared to to you and to Ray Ramundo. But but basically, when you were talking about all that, it's like, oh my God, that just brought back my childhood when I used to uh, put on Hulk Hogan tapes and pretend like I was Hogan Hulk Hogan and ripping up my t-shirts. Like it, it got me all emotional. So I I thank you very much for those great, great words. And, and mind you, you were just saying to inspire others, you should never lose who you were. Yeah, because who you were is why you are what you are. That was a lot of W's. <laughs> uh, and being in that first match, uh, Ms. Max, like I, I'm assuming you were extremely nervous uh, when you first were walking out the curtain. Yes. Out of the gorilla pussy. Extremely. Oh gosh. <laughs> Memories. As a matter of fact, you you wrestled, I believe, uh, Natalia Corvino, right? The in your first match. Yeah. The uh, the, the, the butterfly because a lot of people have different reactions when it comes to their first ever match. Did you? What was? How was your your uh, reaction? Let's put it that way. Or uh, how was? What was going on through your stomach? Because was it butterflies? Was it like, oh, my God, do I go out there? Do I not? What do I do? It was both. I had butterflies when my music hit. And I was like, okay, wait, when is the perfect time to go out? What am I going to do? <laughs> it was such a weird feeling for the first time in my entire life. Like, I was the one the people were paid to see. Like, I was their entertainment. And the fact that I had never done this before was my first match ever. I had no idea what to do, what to expect how to interact with them or anything like that, what I was going to do when I get in the ring, what she was going to do. It was just all a big, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then once I started, I settled down a little bit, I calmed down, and then the rest is history from there. <laughs> and then off took off, uh, your career took off from there, uh, from Nat- uh, Natalina Corvino to what you are today. And what I find so, if you don't mind me using this word, Ms. Uh, Ms. Max, with all due respect, what I find so cute about the situation is that Maddie Max is not just some random pers- uh, random character. Maddie Max is who you are. You're this smiling, yeah. uh, cheerful person. Uh, if you don't believe me, go watch uh, Maddie Max's uh, live video feeds. She is who she is. <laughs> so, oh, <God. laughs> oh, now you're saying, oh, God, that's, that's Ray Ramundo's quote. Uh, Ray, she's stealing your quote. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't think he heard you. I, uh, yeah, Ray's having some technical difficulties when it comes to uh, to his uh, phone call right now. So he didn't hear you. But basically, with that being said, I, I have to say thank you so very much for coming on the show, Ms. Max. I do appreciate your time here. We had so much fun. As a matter of fact, the show is always so serious when it comes to interviews. Like we always have to sit down and, and enjoy our interview and, and say, Hey, uh, talk to us about, or 
your career and so on and so forth. We learned about your career, but we had fun doing it. And I appreciate that from you. Especially wrestling. Have fun doing it. Uh, amen to that one, ma'am. And from one hard way, busted open guy to another hard way, girl, <laughs> you are a tough cookie and keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, Thanks. My pleasure. Uh, before you go, let's do some plugs here real quick. How can fans okay. follow you on social media? How can okay. uh, bookers bookers get a hold of you? And where can they catch you next live? All right. So, fans, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And just type in Maddie Max, M-A-D-I-M-A-X-X, and you should find me. And then promoters. I have a email address. It's maddiemaxbookings at gmail.com. And then I will be at WrestleCade in Winston-Salem for Kings of Combat if anyone's going to be there and wants to have a little meet and greet time, whatever you want. And then I'll also be working for Kings of Combat at WrestleCade too. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much again for your time here, Ms. Max. And I hope to have you again in the near future for another episode. Me too. <laughs> Have some fun. Round two. Uh, fun with Maddie Max. Yep. Round two. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great night. Okay, Ms. Max? Take care. And and I hope to maybe even see you one day here in South Florida. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. It's true. All right. Well, have a good one. Okay, Ms. Max? You do the same. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was Ms. Maddie Max. And uh, what a phenomenal young lady she is. Very humble very young in this business that, but even though she's still young, such a huge heart on that woman. Uh, and you just cannot go wrong when you have great talent and big heart, uh, mixed together. So major, major, uh, love and props and credit to someone like Maddie Max, uh, guys, uh, now also, uh, to bring up these last couple of, uh, subjects, uh, by myself, because, it looks like to me Ray Ramundo is having technical difficulties again. Uh, basically, guys, uh, and for all you that uh, don't know or haven't or or haven't heard, basically, guys, Bailey has been pulled out of SummerSlam this year uh, due to a separated shoulder. Uh, it was announced today, uh, and she will be addressing the crowd today live on on Raw. Uh, as she will be telling people that basically she cannot be uh, at SummerSlam due to the injury that she suffered against Nia Jax last week. Uh, a lot of people are going about and, and hating on Nia Jax, saying that she shouldn't be wrestling because she now injured another person when she almost uh, injured Charlotte uh, a couple of months ago. But here's the situation at hand. It's pro wrestling, like what me, uh, Maddie Max and I, and I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, wrestling is not ballet. Accidents happen. So basically, uh, don't blame Nia Jax. Accidents happen, and it is what it is. Uh, rumors are circulating that there's going to be two three-way dances uh, tonight featuring six women uh, to see who the new, uh, new number one contender will be, with the winner of each match facing next week on Monday Night Raw and then we'll see who uh, the winner will be. Uh, some names have been thrown around. Uh, you know, basically, long story short, uh, you've, you have names like Sasha Banks being thrown in there. 
you have, of course, Nia Jax. Uh, you have uh, Dana Brooke. Uh, you have, uh, of course, uh, uh, Mickey James. Uh, but then you have this one name that, uh, that doesn't fill. And a lot of people are wondering if maybe this is the perfect opportunity to call up Summer Rae. Uh, or call up maybe the returning page. Personally, I feel because this is SummerSlam and being it's the biggest pay-per-view of the summer. Uh, me as a fan, again, I'll be happy with whatever happens because it's the name of the competition. But basically, uh, if I had a choice, if I had a, a say in this, uh, you know, I would say this is the perfect opportunity to even call up a name like Asuka just because it's the biggest pay-per-view of the summer. So, guys, just keep your your eyes on the TV on Monday Night Raw tonight because it could be a surprise what happens tonight when it comes to the situation, when it comes to Bailey and who the new number one contender will be for Alexa Bliss's women's title at SummerSlam. Um, another situation that's uh, happening is that uh, rumors are circulating that Scott Dawson is injured, and that might put the match... Uh, with the Hardys uh, between the revival and the Hardys up in question when it comes to SummerSlam, uh, would this free up a space? Because another rumor is that they were going to nix Jason Jordan versus Miz for the intercontinental title at SummerSlam uh, due to already a overstacked card. But with this being happening to Scott Dawson, I'm not going to call it a blessing in disguise because an injury is definitely no blessing. As a, as a matter of fact, it's a shame uh, because they just were brought back after, of course, another injury uh, to that team. But uh, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous sport. It's a very risky sport, what they all do. That's why I'm very thankful and humble for everything that these guys do for us on a daily basis, not just a weekend basis, but a daily basis, because it's a sacrifice what they do with their bodies and their souls to, in order to, sac- uh, to entertain us. But um, would this free up a space for now the Jason Jordan mismatch? I'm not sure. Maybe uh, I would say so because the, the revival in Hardys, as much as we would love to see it because a lot of people were thinking it was going to be the return of the broken Hardys uh, or the woken Hardys. But, you know, it would just have to wait a little longer, see if they could work a program with someone else, or maybe just work the program with the club, uh, knowing that the club was still part of the same feud. But time will tell. We'll see what happens tonight on Raw, what they're going to go forward with, and see if they cancel the match, maybe leaving the space for the Jason Jordan Miz, or they just go on with it and leave the revival out and leave, uh, of course, the club versus the Hardy. So, guys, with everyone here on Russell City Radio, I want to say I hope you have a good night. We're out of this place. Till next week, 7 p.m. next week, we'll be back on the air. And, guys, take care. Be safe and stay real. Good night, folks.